This is Continuum Drag, a weekly podcast where we revisit sci-fi, fantasy, and just plain weird shows. This week, Gemini Man, episodes three and four. If he could make all of you believe that he was me, why can't I make his people believe that I am him? (laughs) That's a pretty risky ploy. Look, Leonard, somebody tried to kill me in Arizona. Then they stick this stupid carbon copy in my place. Now, I take that very personally. I want to sit around here and let them get away with it. Leonard, either you authorize it or I'm going to do it on my own. Welcome to Continuum Drag, the podcast preparing to take its two-week vacation at the tennis ranch. I'm Luke, (laughs) here with my co-host Jordan. What's real, Jordan? That was one of my favorite things in these episodes, (laughs) was Sam going off to tennis camp. (laughs) It's so bizarre. I never heard it referred to as a tennis ranch before. No, and I've, I've never seen a TV show where a character said all right guys see you later i gotta go practice tennis but there's a <laughs> we'll get into it obviously but there's a line earlier too where uh abby says to him you already go play tennis three four times a week yeah i, I was think, like i was like what they say he plays five days a week <laughs> i was like, like he's a real tennis head <laughs> when does he have time for that he's supposed to be saving the world i mean there's not that many he's he has a lot of downtime i guess all right well before we get started even though we're apparently deep into the second <laughs> episode we're gonna do a recasting of Gemini Man as a modern-day blockbuster film. So, uh, Jordan, should we get into it? Yeah, let's do it. I'm assuming this is a big action movie. I, what else is this going to be, right? You know, we'll, we'll get to it, but my picks for the director will really depend on who we cast and the tone we're going for this for this movie. Okay, so maybe you're right. Let's cast and then figure out who's directing, and then we'll kind of figure out what the movie is. We'll, yeah. we'll work backwards. We'll work backwards, yeah. Well, once we have the cast, that's all that matters. It's all that matters. The money's coming in. All right. So, of, of course, first up, Sam Casey, our lead. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll give you, do you want my first two, and then you can give me what you've got? Let's go one, one, two, two. You, okay. me, you, me. I got you. I yeah. got you. All right. So, uh, my first pick for Sam Casey. And uh, I'm... I'm Trying to cast to the character that exists currently. Oh, I'm doing the same thing. All right, yeah, great. Yeah. So my picks, I think, are who could play this current dumb guy who can turn invisible role kind of well, who's, mm-hmm. you know, uh, supposed to be a handsome, suave man. Yeah. Uh, so my first pick, Channing Tatum. Okay. Yep. I went, <laughs> I think I went slightly more, shall we say, realistic, maybe in terms of what this movie is going to be. My first pick is Bradley Cooper. I mean... Absolutely, because that fits my second pick then. I went with uh, Matthew McConaughey. You know, it's funny. I almost put him down two on my list, but I instead chose Chris Hemsworth. This is literally, I was doing this and I was uh, talking with Melanie about it as I was doing it. And she recommended both Hemsworth and McConaughey, but I chose McConaughey over Hemsworth. We're somewhere in the same. We're on the same yeah. bandwidth for so, Sam. Now, of all, these few, of all these people we have, this is big star power. We know that. I, I feel I like Matthew McConaughey. He's just I think he's too old for it. Uh, you're probably right because listen, he's taking his shirt off in this movie. He's, <laughs> he's gonna take his shirt off a lot. Yeah, I actually think every time he goes invisible, when he comes back to normal, he probably doesn't have a shirt on anymore. I, I'm gonna let you do the final pick on this, but this is gonna dictate what this movie is gonna be. Because if you say it's gonna be Channing Tatum, that's fine, but that's the hole we're going down. Who is your first one again? Bradley Cooper. For me, I'm there for the ride. I'm like the viewer. I'm just, I'm just excited, sitting on the edge of my seat. It's a tough one. I I like Bradley Cooper for it. I think he could be really buff. And this is no offense to Channing Tatum. Very much enjoy him and things. But I really do see this character as like dumb. Right. And I think someone who can play dumb well, but like well, let's, well, let's hot go with dumb then. is Channing Tatum. So this is going to be a hot dumb movie. We got it. That is how I see this character when I watch this show. And so for some reason, that's the way I want to go. To be fair, I do think that's what the people making this show. I agree or, as well. Or sorry, who made the show. I said it like it's still on. I think that's what they wanted the show to be. I think he's supposed to be a hunky sort of like, can you believe he's this handsome and charming? Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, invisible. And, and he's not even meant to be that bright. Like he's not a no. doctor. He's not a scientist. No. He's he's a guy who can drive a truck maybe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to uh, Dr. Abby Lawrence, the female lead. Mm-hmm. So I'll do both of mine okay. because they share a common thread. And I'll see if you can pick up what that common thread is. Uh, my first pick, Elizabeth Moss, because she knows how to work with invisible men. 
Okay, <laughs> right. Or my second pick, Elizabeth Olsen, because uh, I feel like that's uh, an equivalent casting. But two Elizabeths are my choice. Hmm. hmm, that's interesting. I think maybe now in my head, they might be too old for Channing Tatum, although they're probably the same age. It's probably just a weird thing I have in my head. But my first pick was Amy Adams. Oh, now, yeah. Now, normally I'd say, she's not going to do a piece of crap like this, but she was in a Superman movie. Oh, she would do she this. She might do this. She would do this. And then also, who's someone who's somehow slowly become a chameleon herself in all her roles, Charlize Theron. Oh, yeah. So what do you think? You know what? I like Amy Adams because I think she she brings a natural scientist to a thing. I think you... Yeah. You, you have to put a pair of glasses on her, though, right? I mean, yeah, obviously. <laughs> Everyone's wearing a pair of glasses in this movie. A po- ponytail and a pair of glasses. Yeah. I, I feel like that's an easy that's an easy one, I think. I think she has a certain gravitas naturally. Shirley Theron obviously does as well, but I think she's too leading she's too leading lady to side like she's gonna get sidelined. Now, I'm fine with Amy Adams, but do you do you think she's she gonna work with Channing Tatum all right? That's gonna look like a will they won't they sort of thing. I think it's good. I think it's good okay. because it's mostly won't they because he picks up a different lady every fifty seconds. <laughs> Right, right, okay. All right, well, we got our two top cast then. Um, and then that brings us to our final piece of casting. Leonard Driscoll, head of Intersect. Our older, mustached man. I don't know. I've mm-hmm. been to my casting based on who would look good in a mustache. Yeah, uh, no, I've decided both have a mustache too. And we'll go to yours in a second. But I really was thinking older statesman kind of guy, but also looks like not only can he still get it done, but probably used to get it done a lot and probably better than Sam. And now they're sort of like, they've just moved their way up. But really, they're the competent persons. I'll actually give my first one. All right. Denzel Washington. Oh, that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I was very focused on mustaches when I was picking <laughs> Walt Wilford Brimley. Uh, and, and being alive. I was focused on right. those two things. And I did have to Google to make sure this person was still alive. But uh, my first pick was Tom Selleck. Wow, Tom Selleck. I wouldn't have thought of that. Hmm. Tom Selleck's head seems to be getting a lot bigger, huh? Like, actually, I, I, physically. I don't know if I've seen him in a while, so it's hard to say. <laughs> Last time I saw him, I was like, wow, his head's really big. I mean, good for the role. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, my second. I'm, I'm not against uh, Tom Selleck. I think that's. Uh, I think he plays uh, a good uh, guy behind a desk. Mm-hmm. And again, he would just he would keep always talking about his days when he was a crazy guy with a, with a I mean, flower shirt riding around. You can imagine Tom Selleck in this show in 1970. So, like, it feels like a natural transition. Right. My second pick is George Clooney. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he might want to have to, he might take a, he has to take a, like a directing credit too. I know? will say you, you certainly swung for uh, bigger stars than I did. That's for sure. Well, I'm not sure. I just think, I think maybe the tone, as I said, is already starting to shift. Now, I don't know if Denzel Washington or George Clooney are going to take a third billing unless it's like an and also. Yeah. It's a real cameo part for yeah. him. Well, we'll see what you think of this. And, um, this was not my original pick. I, I ended up scratching out Don Johnson because I wasn't quite happy with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and He's I, making a bit of a comeback right now, too. He's really, he's really coming back, actually. But um, Melanie rec- said this name, and I was just like, you know what? I would like to see this mo- this character in this okay. movie. I'm going to close my eyes and picture it. So imagine Leonard Driscoll. He's, he's grown out a mustache. He's yeah. sitting at his table. Channing Tatum's in there being like, boss, I got to turn invisible. And who you guys see behind the desk is Kevin Klein. Wow, Kevin Klein! I wouldn't have thought of that. It's a little out of left field, but something about it just yeah. really tickled me. Yeah, I kind of like Kevin Klein. It's an interesting. I think you get him a little. It's mustache. an interesting choice. I like it. No, I like it because I think, I think both Denzel and and, and uh, Denzel, like I know him, <laughs> Mr. Washington and Mr. Clooney. <laughs> um, I think they're probably too big for this part. I oh, know I like that. That's a that's an interesting yeah, casting. It caught me off guard too, and I was like, there's something about that that really feels interesting. <laughs> On a side note, do you find when, we, when we're doing this little thing, when you're at home and you're trying to figure it do you find you just keep pulling up the same actors over and over? I, I'm making an attempt not to do I that. I do this. I'm thinking the same thing. Now I'm like worried. I'm like, have I picked these people before? Because it feels like I have. Well, so I know we didn't pick The Rock, so we're safe this time. <laughs> That's right. You do like The Rock. We do. I definitely bring up The Rock a lot. But I, I felt like this time, we. I think even you did this time too. I think we had pretty new People. Mm. I don't think we've ever pulled these characters out before. And I think they were good choices, all of them. So before we pick the director, let's do a quick run rundown. All right. So for Sam Casey, we have... It's Channing Tatum. Abby Lawrence, Amy Adams. Leonard Driscoll is played by... Kevin Klein. And who's going to be directing this masterpiece? All right. I got to tell you, I've picked two very distinctive directors. Yeah, I did as well. And they're really going to dictate what this movie is. My first pick, who I think I may have picked previously, was... Denny Villeneuve. 
Yeah, but yeah. I don't think he's going to be doing this movie after we've after cast this. Dune. Yeah, yeah it, he's tough. not doing this it's one. It's a tough one. So I'm going to give you my second pick, right. and you give me yours. Only because I watched a movie of his this week, and I think maybe this could be a fun, but still kind of grounded movie, stylized. Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright. You know what? Not a bad pick, actually. I think he. I, you can envision how he handles the uh, invisibility in the yeah, element. That's what it. I was thinking, and it is a fun romp. But it has to be a real fun movie. Yeah, I don't think that, you know what I mean? There's not going to be a lot of Invisible Man accidentally killing people with his powers or anything. No. Um, so, all right, I'll give you my first one. And it's different from Edgar, but I think in some ways uh, similar in terms of like, uh, it will give you an idea of a visual tone. He's mostly known as a showrunner, but he started directing recently. I went with uh, Noah Hockley, who oh, yeah, yeah. did the Fargo TV series, mm-hmm. the Legion TV series, and he just did Lucy in the Sky as his first feature. He feels like he brings both a groundedness, but also like a really weird elevation to his stuff. Like he mm-hmm. doesn't mind having really weird elements to it, but it would be, I think similar it's, to it's, it's an interesting pick. Uh, and my next pick is going to change the game entirely, but I won't lie with this cast. I would watch this movie for sure. I said, David Lynch. <laughs> oh, please. Let's go with David Lynch. I, Why not? Why not? I mean, you said David Lynch. Here's a movie about a man yeah. who turns invisible, not by choice, but if he's not wearing this watch. Yeah. And he, no, no, we have to. We have to do that. This is this is a David. Lynch I don't know joint. what he does, but I love the idea of this cast with him. He's just like you give him this cast, and you're like, talk to you. In no, three what months. what it is is they started filming the movie. It's not going well. They fired the director. They're like, we need some reshoots, and somehow. David Lynch's name comes up and he says, yeah, I'll do it. He just and rolls they, in. He just rolls in and they're like, what has happened? And this suddenly becomes a very different movie. Uh, yeah, I don't know exactly what the movie is, but I do feel like he takes the source material and he just spins it off in a direction so insane. I think we guarantee would get some sort of weird uh, invisible world that we see through his eyes or something like that. Yeah, yeah. There, there's... I, one can only imagine. I, I um, Well, anyways, I think we have a great movie here. So if anyone wants to invest in this. Send us we, your money. We, we send have, us your money. We have the rights to Gemini Man. As far as you know. <laughs> we're we're going to have to call it like the real Gemini Man or something because of Ang Lee. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like the real Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's what in all in all the interviews we'll be like, because of Ang Lee. We'll just yeah, say just really Ang Lee. Lee. No, that's funny that we neither of us picked Ang Lee. Wouldn't that have been weird? We would pick him to also make this. He, he's the Will only Smith. one. He's the only one who can do uh, Gemini Man. Movies. We just we just start saying like that's what that movie is. We made it. <laughs> All right, you ready to get into episode three? I got my tea. I'm ready to go. Here's the IMDb summary for episode three. Sam Casey. Sam Casey. A man is surgically altered to look like Sam, and when the real Sam goes on vacation, they try to have him killed. That uh, edited summary was courtesy of res zero four one one at yahoo.com. <laughs> All right. Yeah, good for that person. It was a lot longer, but I thought the yeah. first two par- sentences really That's all you need. Nicely. But say the title of it again, because shouldn't it be Sam Casey? Sam Casey. Well, uh, is you that know? not what I said? <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> you didn't like my line reading? <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, it, it starts off at the uh, Fountain of Life Health Spa. Yeah. Which uh, later in the episode, Abby will refer to as a fancy fat farm. <laughs> that was very rude. Have you ever gone to a health spa? Uh, I've been to a spa. Have you? Like I've had a massage. But it's not always a spa, though. Just because you get a but massage. I think I've been to a, a spa style spot where I had a massage before. Was it called the Fountain of Life Health Spa? No, it's called Fancy Fat Farm. <laughs> <laughs> that is mean. That is mean to it, say. And well, was, and she she hasn't shown any sort of like spiteful vindictiveness or like nastiness at all. Then suddenly she throws that comment out. It really was. I was just like, I'm like, some writer here just thought they had a hilarious joke that they shoved into Abby's mouth. <laughs> the head of this spa is a doctor, I guess, or the boss of it anyway. It was unclear. I never really caught her name. I thought, okay, we're just going to be ruining things a little bit. I didn't think she... No, you're right. She must work there. I thought like that's just where they had their secret layer, but they had offices. And well, stuff. this is my question here. It's like she's developed this plan to a steal the secrets of Intersect and b kill Leonard Driscoll. Unclear as to why she wants Leonard Driscoll dead. That's never been made clear. And, and can I just say we'll, we'll get to it in a minute. But not only does she want him dead, she's taken the time, seemingly her or an assistant or someone, to make a full life size cardboard, cardboard cutout of Leonard in to have in the office. Now that's some hate. It really was, and it reminded me of the last episode where they're like, the guy wanted to kill Leonard as well, but then no one ever explained exactly why or 
really made any sense of yeah, it. You're right. No, no one's trying to kill Sam. They're all trying to kill Leonard. But it was, uh, yeah, unclear why. And I was also very confused. Like, why is the owner of this health spa a supervillain who wants interest? Like, there was never, it was never clear what her association with this was or why she wanted the secrets or any of that stuff. I like thinking that she doesn't actually work there she's just renting out office space as a villain they just don't have enough money yet right, because right. they haven't done enough scores so they're just like oh we'll just sub we'll sub, just sub, this yeah, place. sub this place yeah uh did you think she looked like anyone specifically um i did yeah who did she look that, like? as, as a leading question yeah yeah who did she, i don't think i it, i thought anything i uh, when i saw her i was like oh it's amy poehler <laughs> okay i could see that i just was yeah, like okay yeah, this is amy. doing some sort of character just doing a character yeah hell spa super villain <laughs> No. I have to say though that that's a point though for them. Have you ever seen a villain whose secret lair is in a health spa? Listen, this was definitely fresh territory. There's yeah. no doubt about it. Jordan, how how would you best explain her plan to steal these secrets and kill Leonard? Well, <laughs> there's two major things I think we need to know. One, throwing stars are the most lethal weapon. Poison throwing stars. Poison are throwing stars are the most lethal weapon. So they're going to be part of it. But their plan is to take another gentleman a by the as, name of rick my rick who's a english and they specifically has a cockney accent mm-hmm. um sort of in this show but anyways and they are going to give him the the, the old uh, face off and he's going to have plastic surgery to look like sam to infiltrate intersect but really beyond that they don't really have a plan like there's no plan b there's no like preparation other than they spent all their time and money on to change the face after that they're sort of like it's a little bit uh, a little bit they've got some plan but it's still a little loose if you were going to take a person put a new face on them to impersonate someone else would you pick a person whose natural accent is utterly different than i know it's it's like i know what (laughs) i know why they did it because you want to have the viewer know the difference when there's you know the doubles and what they're going to sound like and stuff but yes it makes no sense and also this is really complicated. I mean, I, I'm my assumption is that their body types match, so you know they only it have was to the do best it. choice. Yeah, it was the best choice. But yes, that that's what you learn is that that's the plan. So this episode, you're gonna have two Sams. You're gonna have evil Sam and good okay. Sam, and one's infiltrating. And you're gonna get a lot of like, wasn't he just here? Oh, I thought he. I already talked to him. You're gonna get a lot of that, you know. Um, and it, for the actual making of the show, do you think they just took the actor aside and said, uh, which accents can you do? <laughs> Uh, no, I think they they wrote it and then they said you could do that, right? And he went, "Of course I can." And they're like, <laughs> "Governor, Is it governor, a, a cup of tea." And they're like, "Um, okay, close enough, close enough. Let's go with it." Here's the other character trait I liked about Rick: is uh, has an addiction to chewing gum and enjoys too much sugar in his coffee. <laughs> these, I have to say though, they've given and I know why they again. All these are little things they're seeding for later on, so you could tell the difference in these two people and blah blah blah. But they've given this guy Rick. We we know more about him now than we do the actual Sam. A hundred percent, I agree. Yeah, we've we've know like so we know he's really into his wife or girlfriend, whoever she is. Whoever that masseuse he like, keeps making they, out with. They they just make out in public constantly. He loves gum, loves sugar coffee. He's from he's, England. He's from England. He's kind of got an attitude about stuff. Like we learn lots about him. Sam, he's just like he's a good old boy. Love Santa's. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, here's what else we know about this plan. Uh, Sam's going on vacation for two weeks, so they're just going to swap Rick in when he leaves, which is fine. That's a reasonable yeah. plan. They know but don't understand why Sam, Abby, and Leonard have matching watches. Yeah. They, they're like, we've noticed they have the same watch. We don't know why, but they all wear it, so we're going to make sure you have that watch so you fit in. And we've turned that watch into a camera, which I'm like, solid plan. Mm-hmm. I mean, a bit of a gap in the knowledge there. Well, this is this is what's weird about this, though. They've been tracking Intersect enough that they know Sam's schedule, so they know he's going to take vacation, as you said. So, yeah, great time to, to replace him. But isn't it weird that they're replacing the guy that just happens to be invisible? Because I thought in my head they knew he was invisible. They, that's why they wanted to take him out. No, but it's like, nobody no, knows. No, Not even people know. at Intersect. People at Intersect don't even know. Yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah, you're right. No one knows except for Abby and, and Leonard. That, Leonard's so going to get fired because of this. The, I think this is like a big part of and It's what I've kind of accepted is that like literally only three people in the world know this is happening. Because right. I think we see even in this episode, a security guard will walk in. And yeah. he, he has no idea that anyone can turn. Like, I just think that's the case. Is nobody knows. As we mentioned, he's going to use poison throwing stars to assassinate Leonard. And he's also given a pack of mints that is actually a, a knockout gas bomb. Some, yeah. It's a very James Bond. Yeah. Yeah. But, but what I like about the throwing stars is there's no 
reason given why that's has to be throwing stars. Why it has to be throwing stars. It's not like yeah, they don't say like, oh, because it's made out of a metal that will get you through the metal detector. They don't. He's say, a martial arts master. Yeah, nothing. It just for some reason he has throwing stars, and it's it's just such an odd. Like I kind of loved it because it was so silly. It was very but silly. It just is so such. A, this episode more than any is kind of a mess of just fun ideas but that don't really coalesce in anything and i mean i did like because they make a big stink about like they're poison and then when they show how he's going to sneak them in he just like tapes them directly to his bare leg yeah i'm like well you've just killed yourself (laughs) anyway uh we jump back to intersect now and where sam's packing up to leave for the tennis ranch yeah Um, and 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 as we said earlier he plays tennis four to five times a week already we see his uh very messy office yeah and uh he's lost his wallet and hasn't seen it in four to five days. Yeah, and Abby's sort of uh, criticizing him because she's like, "What about like your um your, your pass to get?" Pass. And he's like, "Oh yeah, I've lost that." And then she's like, "Well, how did you get in?" And he's like, "I'm invisible." And she's and she's like, "That's so irresponsible." He just breaks in every. Single he just day. breaks in every day to the office. Fortunately for him, a security guard has found it on the front lawn, and when he comes to drop it off, Sam's invisible, mm-hmm. but like looking through all his items because yeah. Abby's fixing his watch or something. And when she opens the door, the security guard's like baffled by all the. He doesn't stop moving items. The security guard's just standing in the doorway watching yeah. him, and Abby's just like, "Oh, uh, this." Um, I'm just doing an experiment on uh, telekinesis. I know. It's the worst lie ever. I was just like, yeah, that's less disturbing. But I think the implication, though, is everyone may not know that he's invisible, but they know that they do weird weird and unusual tests and stuff. Uh, Did you also like this other uh, small B-plot they drop here that has very little relevance to the show, that Sam has lost a filling and he's (laughs) not, and the dentist calls and he doesn't want to talk to him? But for the rest of the episode, because this man who's a person named loves sugar, Sam's constantly eating sugar and constantly like faking like he has a toothache to know there's yeah, it's I not know. it doesn't I know. pay off. I know there's, there's no... at least three or four scenes where you have to you have to mention that he has a sore tooth. And I, I thought it was gonna be a thing where like I thought that like, was gonna be his tell. Yeah, I did too, but no, it's not. It, <laughs> it was the funniest. It was just like I, I lost a filling, so now if I eat anything sweet, I gotta act like it hurts. Nobody notices though. This is something that we've seen a lot in not necessarily just shows that like we're gonna say this is not a great show but usually not very good shows is that there seems to be a recurring theme of odd throwaway lines of dialogue that seem like they're maybe developing a character or seem like they're progressing a plot or doing something but really they're not and it's over and over you see in these shows where people just like say like like oh like they get off the phone like yes i'll buy that trampoline anyway back to the case like what what is happening certainly i feel like these older shows definitely are like that there's yeah just weird nuances dropped in that you expect to be because there's called attention to you like okay this is going to pay off later it's remarkable particularly on this show i think how frequently they do not do anything right anyway sam he takes off he goes to arizona to this tennis ranch and uh he cannot believe his luck the tennis pro who's going to teach him well she's a hot lady Oh, but you know what I like though? They have this. Uh, they have this scene where he's very excited because he sees his tennis coach as this hot lady, and she sort of um, gives him a lesson. She's he, demonstrating. Yeah, he thinks it's a little bit condescending, so he pretends to be like bad, and then he shows how good he is, and she's like, "You're actually really good," and he's like, "Yeah, of course." And she makes a comment. She goes, "When she first shows up," and he's like, "Wowie zowie," and she goes, "Who are you expecting, Pancho Gonzalez?" And I don't know if you know who Pancho I Gonzalez is. <laughs> and what was funny to me is. I haven't heard the word, the name Pancho Gonzalez in, I don't know, 20 years. <laughs> he was a tennis player in the 1950s. <laughs> and so he's he's before the open era, if you know anything about tennis. And <laughs> it's at the time, that would have been a dated reference. Like <laughs> the reference in, in the 70s to this player from almost 30 years previously is hilarious. And now we're, the, the reference is like 70 yeah, it's years impossible. old. It's, it's, that's what's so funny. Like it would just be, it would be like, me making a joke to you about like the late 1960s like it's just like what like how old are your references so, so few people are already gonna get yeah it. they do this in the next episode too they reference a swimmer they like they're like she's as good as this swimmer i'm like i don't know who that is <laughs> I, know. I don't know who a swimmer from 1971 <laughs> yeah um anyway did you like also when when the, when he he goes wowie zowie they do a gratuitous butt shot of her yes the camera like pans out it's like yeah. check out that butt and then pans back yeah because you want to know that they want to as the viewer know that you also find her attractive that's true uh and also do you like when when sam shows her how good he is he does that he finally does a serve and she's like blown away i I don't watch tennis 
but his form looks super sloppy, right? Yeah, he's he's not bad. He clearly can play tennis, but he does not look like someone who plays religiously. Who's wowing a pro? Yeah, yeah, no way. But but the whole point of this is this conversation turns so fast. There, but she comes. She's so impressed. She comes, says Pancho Gonzalez. He goes, watch me serve. Then she goes. You're amazing. Why don't you come to my place for cocktails at 5.30? Yeah, come to my room. And this happens in like 30 seconds. I know. And I was just like, man, the 70s. And then, <laughs> hard cut, they're making out in her room. Yeah. Uh, she pulls out a little tiny needle. Didn't it look low, the way it was shot? Like Didn't it look tack? like It looked like a thumbtack, but it looked like she was pulling it out of his hair. I Honestly, I thought that's what was happening at first, too. But what she's doing is, she's, she, I guess it's a sleeping, like there's poison on it. She jams in the back of his neck. He passes out. Uh, she calls to her henchman, Elf. <laughs> Elf's is some big guy. He, yeah, he's a real big lug. He comes out. They they bundle him up and they drive him off to an abandoned mine where they, they tuck him in the abandoned mine, light a stick of dynamite and walk away. And they're like, well, that'll take care of him. This is another like what I would call like silver age sort of uh, way of dispose of your hero. We saw it in the other episode where he gets put on the uh, um, conveyor, belt. conveyor belt to get crushed. This is now he's thrown in the mine and like, how's he going to get out? And it's like, oh, guys, I, I just, just to shoot him instead of drawing, just shoot him, do anything. I know. Along the it's way. so funny. I'm just like, you, why didn't like, it's as if they don't want to get their hands. There's like, you've had him unconscious for hours. Just, you should have like, killed him. What's the difference between shooting someone in the head and driving them several miles, putting them in mind, and then blowing them up? You're still killing the person. But because uh, because he's an invisible man, he tries to get out. They shoot at him. So he just goes invisible and walks out. The whole mine explodes. They assume he's dead. I don't know if you caught it, but after, after they blow up the mine and they think they killed him, she mentions, and it's now the second time in the episode that she mentions, that she's sad she had to kill him because he was a real good kisser. I know. I did notice how... how <laughs> like, what a good kisser. And it was just like... Well, is that so the, the viewers like they just got, to read you gotta know you to know you gotta know what a good kiss <laughs> but it was just it, they're like that was her character thing is that she seduces men she pinpricks them and then she comments constantly about how you know good oh, only the good ones only the good ones i guess yeah that's something we know about sam another character trait <laughs> yeah that's right he can drive a truck yes he's invisible yes. he can go visible or he is invisible yes he can uh uh go shark fishing mm-hmm. he can fly a helicopter mm-hmm. scuba dive he can scuba dive. He terrible teeth, awful dent. Like he just doesn't see the dentist. His teeth are <laughs> yeah, just falling his out. His teeth are bad. A uh, messy office. See, and... we know so much about him. Yeah, we do actually do know a lot about him. Yeah, We're, he's really fleshed out as a character. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's let's keep going. So this is the opportunity for Rick to start impersonating Sam, and he shows up at Intersect, and uh, he pops in, and they're like, "Oh, aren't you on vacation?" And he's like, "Oh, there's a heat wave." A heat wave in Arizona. I called it off. And um, Leonard's glad he's back because he Leonard turns to him and says, uh, well, this is good because Abby and my stabilizer watches, they seem to be out of sync. Uh, what does your watch say? And uh, he has to think fast and he like makes up some quip about like, says, I'm doing fine. Yeah. He's had to really quickly, we've jumped over a scene where he has to uh, change his accent to try to sound like a oh, yeah. sort of Midwestern like a- American accent, which is only for one scene. And then for, it doesn't really come up again. He does it fine for the rest of the episode. Yeah, I mean, yeah, his Cockney accent has to be hidden away, but like it never, yeah, yeah it doesn't come up. It doesn't up. come like, up. He, his tells are never told to anyone. So there's no point of any of them. Yeah. That, I mean, he very easily intersect, gets an intersect. But what I, this watch thing where they're like, he has to, you know, think fast because he doesn't know what the watches do and immediately comes up the second he gets there. And, you know, he gets away with it because a phone call rings and it kind of catches him off guard. But I really, uh, Leonard off guard, so Leonard changes the topic. But let me tell you what I thought the show was going to be. And I was so sad that it didn't go this direction. I was really looking forward to a show where a man trying to impersonate Sam showed up not knowing he could turn invisible. And then he was going to show up and he's going to like, you know, get into it. Sam, uh, Leonard and Abby were going to come like, we've got to do this crazy mission where you got to go into this thing and like, you got to get this like, and basically drop him off. And he's going to be like, well, this is impossible. Like just not knowing that the key right. to it was invisibility. I wanted to show an episode where this guy was given a mission missing a crucial piece of information about how Sam pulls these missions off and this man was going to have to execute a mission. Well, that would have been a better episode because this episode feels a little bit like they didn't want to do all the things you are kind of hoping for in an episode where there's doubles. Like, it really comes down to the very end of the episode, but there's just a lot of like... Yeah, yeah, they really... Anyways, but I think that would have been a fun episode. Yeah, I just thought there was like... I thought going in, this was the opportunity I was going to be given because I was like, there's something very entertaining about watching a person who's missing one key piece of information having to execute a scenario but let's get back to the plan 
So he's infiltrated now. He's talked his way through a couple things. And the plan is he's going to, he, when everyone's yeah, not around. Leonard leaves yeah. the office. He starts taking he photos. He takes photos and stuff. Like, how long do they think this is going to go on for, though? Because he doesn't know anything about Sam. He doesn't know anything really about how they work, other than that they knew he was gone for vacation so they could slot him in. But it's just like, I don't know what the end game was, other than it was just like a quick go in and get photos and stuff. But if that's the case, you gave some plastic surgery for that? You could have faked to got be a janitor a, you'd exactly being a janitor going to do all that stuff you know what i mean like it seems like for what they're getting they they put a lot of investment in the front end well even when this uh, in in leonard's office he takes photos and they like show you close up to the secret top secret document he's taking close pictures of and uh i paused it and it's a high low gain switch it just seems to be a device that helps you like deal with the gain in audio whether it's the gain's <laughs> too low or too high and it's just like this is not of any value at all yeah well doesn't he come back at one point they're like we need more than this uh, he was well, thing i think what we see is he like is always passing the film off so they can do it but very quickly they get into another scene which i was very excited for but they also give up on so quickly he's poking around an office looking at more stuff and abby and leonard bust in and they corner him and they want to confront him about how much he's using invisibility like he's like you're overusing it and yeah. i i thought this was going to be a general intervention that sam needed because of how right how much he uses it but they're actually, I came to learn, referring to the fact he escaped a mine using invisibility. But I would have loved a scene where he's getting reprimanded for like right. Sam's reckless behavior. I thought that's where this was going to go as well. Right. There's all these moments where I thought I was going to see a guy have to live Sam's life and how terrible it was. <laughs> that would have been funny, actually. The whole thing from his perspective is just he's like, who's this jerk I have to pretend I am? <laughs> just but so also, mad at me. why was she reprimanding him for like... He used it for what thirty seconds. Yeah. Like, who cares? He does He's not on a all mission. The time. That's why I thought it was going to be a general yeah. reprimand for misuse of the anyway. But it doesn't seem to be that. But while they're starting to reprimand him, Leonard gets another phone call, and it's Sam yeah. calling from the escape. So beat. he's like, and he's in the room with Rick, Rick. fake Sam, and he's like, "What? Well, huh? But you, me, who, where?" But Leonard doesn't question. He doesn't even like bring it up. He's just like, "Well, why don't you disappear?" And Sam's like, "Okay." And he checks his watch. He's like, okay, well, this is fake Sam. Like, they solve, yeah. they solve this mystery, I would say, in under 15 minutes. Well, that's that's what was weird about this. Because I'm not, I'm not complaining that when a show goes in a different direction than what you expect as a viewer. But this, this does it in a very unresolved way for every scene. Because, again, they set up something and then went nah because you're right like this we're probably like what 20 minutes into the show maybe yeah. maybe and it's like well you guys you have the rest of the episode like over half the episode left and You've it's like what's it gonna him. be what are we gonna and, do and what it's gonna be is a lot of like running back and forth sort of thing but yeah like they catch him there's a fun scene where he's like throwing throwing stars at leonard yeah. and the actor who plays leonard does a good job diving for yeah. cover i was like oh he's a pretty well, good he, yeah so they find out it's the fake sand they're like you're a fake and he's like no i'm not and he throws throwing stars this equipment's is the, exploding yeah, when throwing yeah. stars hit them. this is this is the his big plan was throwing stars they don't they don't do anything because they're throwing stars and then they they Some get guards a, jump on yeah and, and that's it and they and they catch him and so the next scene is then them introducing sam to him sam returns yeah to intersect he's furious at being impersonated <laughs> would you would you be furious if you were getting impersonated i don't no, I, uh, he was so angry. And I was just like, I mean, it's weird, but I don't think I'd be that, like, he was so insulted. And his plan, and Sam immediately is just like, all right, well, I want to reverse impersonate him. Yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna be him. Well, that'll show him. Yeah. And my favorite, here's a, good, here's a great line here, because uh, this is what, like, he's just concocting this plan off the top of his head. He's like, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to fucking impersonate him. We'll see how he likes it. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. And he turns to Leonard and he's like so angry and he points at Leonard. He's like, you authorize my plan or I will do it anyway. And Leonard shrugs. Yeah. He's like, okay, I don't, I don't care. Which we haven't been keeping score, but this is at least the second or third time where Sam has said, I want to do something. And Leonard goes, okay. My theory is Leonard's not actually his boss. It's possible. <laughs> like Leonard, every time he's so heated about it and Leonard's reaction is like, okay, you don't work here. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's that actually they still have Sam marked as dead after the, after the original accident. So he's just showing up to work and they just haven't had the heart to break it to him. You. Yeah. 
Um, their only lead as to where they can find these guys, because the the Rick won't won't talk, is they found a sugar packet from Marv's Marvelous Burgers in his book. This is such bad writing. This is like if you're reading like a bad detective novel, the one clue that's left, of course, is the thing that gets you going. Like it's just yeah, it's, oh, they found a sugar packet, so they go to that place, and of course, that's the meeting place. I was yeah, just is, like, uh, this is so dumb. This is where Rick passes the film off to his contact, and we get to watch, uh, it's very funny, they cut to it, and uh, Sam's just finished putting six packets of sugar in, so he looks authentic into his coffee, and then as I pulled that, I'm like, there are five cups of coffee here. <laughs> Why has he been drinking so much coffee? I know, it's he's, he's clearly been there a long, long time, but also, so Sam's plan was, just I'm gonna sit there. I'm gonna go day. there and sit there all day, hoping someone just shows up and talks to me and tells me the plan. It's like, wouldn't that be great if the rest of the episode he just sat there and the episode went on, he just never, no one ever came by. No, and I mean the guy finally shows up, and they figured out that the guy's watch is a camera, so they know he's been taking photos, and that's why they need to track him down and see what kind of photos they took. And the guy sits down, and he's like, "Hey, Rick, uh, what kind of photos you got for me today?" And he's just like, "I don't have any photos." He's like, what? You don't have any, you didn't take any film? And I'm like, I was just like, wouldn't you guys have just brought like, just have yeah. a sheet of film with no real stuff on? Like, Well, it's because this is one of Sam's plans. So he just went all bullheaded into it. Yeah. And then the guy's like, why are you meeting me? And he's like, oh, uh, I got something. Uh, I got something uh, big, but I got something big. right to the boss. And then, they, yeah, they have like a, okay, fine. We'll bring you there. And then he goes, and then I think it's here where they, where they go, oh, by the way, how come you aren't speaking your Cockney accent? And he's like, oh, here's a clue. I can do that. That's not, accent. But that's what's funny here, too, is they basically go back to the spa, and Sam's just talking like himself, and this guy's driving. He's like, okay, uh, go meet us in the boss's office, which obviously doesn't know where that is. And he's like, also, you're, you're back home. You can talk in your normal voice. And Sam's like, uh-oh. Oh, that's right. Normal yeah, yeah. Voice. And I was just like, here's another opportunity for a lot of fun, because no one would ever tell you what your normal accent is i would have loved to see sam trying out accents on people yeah. trying to figure out what the correct accent was but what ends up happening is after his this girlfriend, girlfriend yeah. he bumps his girlfriend she's like where's my little cockney boy and he's like i got this yeah anyway he happens to see the uh, elf <laughs> elf the goon and uh, the tennis pro so he kind of follows them toward uh, the boss's office in the hell spa when uh he's with the girlfriend and she mentions to him that he's cockney blah 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 she wants to keep kissing him, but he wants to keep going on the mission. Oh, so yeah. he uses his invisibility to get away, which is the second time in the show he's used his power just to get away from a woman. Did you like how he uh, distracted her so he could go invisible? What did he do? She's standing in front of him and he's just like, is that a really big spider behind you? Oh, that's right. Yeah. She turns around, he goes invisible and he runs away. <laughs> There's a weird sequence here. I guess he sees Elf carrying a box at some point. And he's like, I wonder if that box has, like I had to really piece this together, but I guess yeah. he thinks there's film in the box. He follows Elf. Elf goes into a steam room in the spa. And when he comes out, he doesn't have the box. So using invisibility, he steals Elf's keys. And then he goes into the steam room. But there's like a hidden safe he can't find in the steam room. And then a bunch of women walk into the steam yeah. room and start screaming for him to get out of the steam room. Because he didn't use invisibility when they showed up. Like he was I visible. Know. They chase him out. He turns invisible to hide from them. And then some employee of the spa comes out. And the women are like, there was a man in the steam room. She's like, shut up. You're all lying. Get back in there. If you're an evil villain and your cover is this health spa. Why hide your safe in yeah. a working steam room? Yeah. It didn't make it. I mean, and also, it's going to ruin everything in that scene. Yeah. It's just, it was such an odd thing. And also, there's the no reason for it. The sequence was done was very awkwardly done. Like, this whole yeah. section was really weird. Because after this, he just goes into the office and meets with the boss. And he's just like... He basically does his plan where he's just like, I won't tell you what I've got until you give me money. Yeah, $100,000, yes. And I'm sure you have it in your safe in the steam room. And she's just like, you got me there. I guess I'll go check (laughs) out this, uh, get some money from you from the safe. But this does start the like several scenes in a row and we go through them. But Sam leaves, someone sees Sam and then he gets away. And then Rick shows up. They're like, hey, there you are. And he's like, what are you talking about? It's the first time I've seen you. And you see that over and over and over where one person's talking to one of them they leave and the other one shows up they talk to them and then they leave it's because over the course of his spa adventures while he's there walking around like doing stuff we keep cutting back to intersect where they're interrogating rick but he doesn't talk so nothing happens in these interrogation scenes until finally right at the end of it he's just like can i have one of my mints and they're like oh yeah sorry we took those away from you he throws it on the ground they all pass out because it's knockout gas he hails a cab and he shows back up at the spa and yeah everyone rick bumps into at the spa is just like 
hey, didn't you just walk by me? And he's just like, no, nah, no, nah, that was, I, he doesn't pick, like, everyone. It takes like 14 times for him to pick up on it. His girlfriend's just like, didn't we just make out? He's like, no, I just got back. And she's like, are you sure? And he's just like, yeah, what are you, dumb? And then, yeah, I, I just got back. <laughs> he doesn't pick up on the idea. And I was just like, I was like, but you guys know. You, you know Sam's back. You Certainly, you must have at least some inkling that he yeah. may have done this. Well, they, they want these balls in the air still. And it's like, but none of this makes sense. This this is, of all the episodes, one of the weakest acts they have. Where it's just like, there's this fun idea, but they don't want to do it. So you just have this like messy, what's happening? Exactly. And like at some point, like Rick is talking to the guard outside the boss's office where Sam's inside. And he's like, uh-oh, I hear myself outside. Or I hear this Rick guy outside. So Sam just invisibles out and like goes into the steam room himself and like scares an old lady because he like has floating keys and she thinks it's a ghost. Yeah. What a great scene. (laughs) And like he's basically going in there to find the secret safe and do this. And uh, Rick like finally finds his boss. They finally piece together the idea that Sam is in the spa and she's just like, all right, we got to find him before we get caught. And I'm just like, what do you mean before you get caught? (laughs) I was like, granted, Sam absolutely should have called someone the second right. he got to the spa. But everyone Intersect has woken up. They've just called the cab company that picked him up and said, where'd you take him? They're like, oh, a spa? Okay. Literally, as they're saying, like, we got to find him before we get caught, cop cars are just pulling up. They're arresting everyone at this yeah. point. Everyone's getting arrested. And we finally get, like, I guess what was the ultimate purpose of this episode? It's a scene where Sam versus Sam happens. Yeah. This is what you've been hoping for the whole episode, and they've saved it to, uh, I put it, uh, it's at the 45 minute and 12 second mark. Yeah, three minutes left in the episode. Three minutes left in the episode. The whole thing we've been waiting for is, you know, like, I'm Sam. No, I'm Sam. And fighting, that's what you get. And it's basically the two of them saying that in front of Leonard. What I did like, though, is uh, because Rick is tracking around, track down Sam. He goes to the steam room. We get this confrontation. On his way, though, Rick's like, we got to find him. He stops by his locker and grabs some more floating stars. <laughs> and then they like they're facing off in this in this steam room and i'm just like i was just like oh this age-old rivalry throwing star versus invisibility (laughs) it was so weird and but it it really doesn't amount to much they're both they kind of tussle and then leonard comes in with a gun leonard watching the guns who's who yeah and they both go i'm the real one i'm the real one did you did you like uh, leonard's line no what did he say leonard's list staring down at them he's just like Will the real Sam Casey please stand up? Oh, that's please right. Please stand yeah. up. Yeah. And he starts rapping. It yeah. was great. <laughs> yeah. And then he and actually th- said that. Then I was just like, "This yeah. is the Eminem song." And and then uh, um, uh, Sam goes invisible, so they know who the real one who is. Who could it be? How could you tell the part? These yeah. two people apart, they look identical. Oh, right, one of them turned invisible. Yeah. And that's the thing. They had also the that they had, they could have done a thing where Sam used up all his invisibility, so he can't now. Like, there's so many different. There's no tension. There's no tension at all through this whole episode. So at the end, then they're like. There we are. So I'm assuming now this guy's just stuck with Sam's face yeah, forever. He goes to jail with Sam's face. Yeah, that's it. I know. Crazy, right? It just like stops. The episode just like, and over. <laughs> oh, God. All right. You want to get to this next one? Yeah. Night Train to Dallas. Yeah, here's the INV summary for episode four. Sam, the secret that may be inside that pretty little head is devastating enough to change the balance of power in the entire world. The slightest misstep now could tip our hand to the other side and put them on Amy's track. If it stakes this high, believe me, the agents they would use would be the best blood money could buy. Dr. Friedman was working for Intersect. And you are a trusted member of Intersect. Besides, I can always do this. And I can always do this little trick. Right, gang? Right. And your very next appearance is at Santa Laura College. All right. The Invisible Man's Dream Assignment. Bodyguard to a women's swim team? No. Seriously? (laughs) Now, that is my favorite of all synopsis ever. I I also read it and like, cannot wait to watch this episode. (laughs) And I'm going to tell you, if that's what you think it's going to be, it's kind of disappointing. Oh, uh, you know what? Huge letdown. (laughs) Yeah, because I, and this is not fair, but I was expecting and hoping this is going to be like an episode of Porky's. I also was like, with that synopsis, I was like, you know what? This is going to be a bad, dumb episode, but at least it's going to be... Finally, an invisible episode where he's like running through locker rooms. Yeah, it seems like the show has been begging for. That's it. right. This this is like, oh, it's a swim team. He wants to see them naked, and he knows how to be invisible. I'm like, well, this is a plot from a movie in the late '70s, early '80s, the hijinks. And it's like, but we'll say now, that's not what this is going to be. It, it was. It was just like it sets up so much that it's going to go that direction, right. and it's not at all. Yeah. Also, did you notice the uh, new lower quality opening title sequence? No, I I skipped over it. It's mildly different. But it's just like much lower quality. They, really? like, they change the effects in it. And just, I'm just like, what is it going? Why did they switch 
this opening credits and why is it worse yeah that's weird it was odd but i i like the opening we start on like the old classic cherry siren uh mm-hmm. light on the top of a cop and it reminded me of like police squad or naked uh, very naked much Gun. that with the credits rolling over yeah it was just i was like whoa i wonder i can't remember when that came out but it was a weird uh a weird shot to start on but we go to a hospital mm-hmm. and it's um we see a man who has just died and we know because they're trying to do surgery or whatever and then they pull the blanket over his face he's dead they write doa doa and his, his name is arthur friedman yes. and he's a doctor dr arthur friedman yes and we cut then to his office where uh some generic spies from <laughs> quote unquote this is what they keep referring to them they're from the other side yeah they are the least interesting they've no least evocative no... just there's nothing interesting about these two guys like it's the worst casting ever it looks like they cast two people's dads and put them in suits that's the spies it just is so dumb looking there's no indication of who they are what they want nothing no it's nothing they're, they're looking at the office for notes on a secret project but this doctor never took any notes so there's nothing to find there but what they do say is they know intersect are going to want are going to be after this information too mm-hmm and you're like oh what? these oh, okay. like two kind of spies although my god intersect like spies but like these two spy agencies both fighting for this information from this doctor because he's had this very important research we don't know what the research they is they never tell us what they never will never tell, us. tell us it's not important guys um we cut then to intersect where sam leonard and abby are watching a video cassette of a women's swim team well it's the best because uh, like leonard comes in he's like hey guys watch this and sam's like what is it he's like oh don't worry the video will answer everything but i like it it looks like it's supposed to be like a, just a amateur video or something but there's like still edits and stuff. like what? well it's literally a scene we'll see later yeah and so and it's a woman who we're gonna learn to her name is amy nichols yes and uh she's on the um varsity swim team yes uh they're hoping to go to the pan am games uh, she had won the she silver, won silver in the Montreal Olympics. Yeah, I saw that. Um, and uh, anyways, she apparently used to several years ago. I think it was three years ago. Used mm-hmm. to be Dr. Friedman's assistant. Yes. And why they're showing this video? Although you know, what, like, there's no reason for him showing no, this video because he could have just told Sam this. He could have said all this stuff out loud. But it's just like they want to see this woman diving. But the reason they think she's interesting is she was the assistant and. The reason she, Dr. Friedman chose her specifically is she has a photographic memory mm-hmm. and. He doesn't like taking notes, so she remembered everything for him, which is a very, very odd Ten, system. Very tenuous. And also, the weirdest setup to a plot in an episode that why she's important is because in her head, somewhere in the recesses of her memory, she has information that about might be important research. for some reason about some weird nebulous research. Yeah. What I did like is after it's all explained that like, Sam's going to go protect her and try to talk her into coming back to Intersect, where they're going to drug or hypnotize her to get the memories out yeah very nefarious sounding to me and she also she's not into that idea at all but they can't let it fall into an enemy government's hand so they have to like do this but they tell this all to sam and sam's like interesting i need to watch this tape again he puts the tape in pushes play again and these are his exact lines when he pushes play again he starts watching he goes nice nice <laughs> nice he says it three times watching them swimming uh, there's something funny about the 70s because there will be a lot of like women on swim team and stuff and they're all normal looking people nothing but, evocative about them yes, at all that's the thing if the, you know if this was shot now these would be supermodels playing these parts in bathing suits but they're just like normal people they don't even actually the ba- they the don't even look like athletes aren't even like they're revealing revealing they're no. just like swimwear one pieces like they look like something you would wear as a regular swimmer yeah Anyway, Sam goes to the Santa Laura College to ask her to come into Intersect and, you know, get her brain scrambled. Yeah. Um, why you don't call? I don't know. Why they need to go in person? Yeah. Who's, who's to say? But he uh, immediately gets um, accosted by the local football team who are, like, also acting as, like, security for some they, reason. They protect the pool. Yeah. And they, like, actually physically pick him up and put him back on his bike and send him out. But I don't know if you noticed. This is probably just for me and from anyone else who's <laughs> over the age of 60. One of the actors is michael mcmanus who plays the character moose who's the big kind of a little bit larger right, guy. Right, right. he looks like um, buscemi i know him from two things one is an episode of mash playing and i knew right away who he was he played in one episode he played a character named sergeant ames and it's in the olympics episode which i don't know if you remember but the whole joke of that being he's this out of shape guy and they have to have two halves have to play and like can you believe we got stuck with sergeant ames anyways good episode of mash but he also is in police academy four as one of the new recruits and the joke there is He's chubby. So he's, I think he's just always cast as the, isn't it funny that he's kind of chubby? He really sells his like lines in this for, there's nothing here. He's just like, 
no, dope. no, yeah. He's he's just like a dope to get like like a pie thrown in his face. That doesn't happen, but that's what he's basically there no, for. Uh, Sam is forced to use his invisibility to sneak into the pool because they won't let him. But not before he does a bunch of football shenanigans as an invisible. Like, yeah, he like he like deflates, deflates their ball, ball and then kicks another one. And I'm like, it's just why spiteful? He's just being spiteful <laughs> because they wouldn't let him in because he was trying to break in. But anyways, because a creep was trying to break into the swimming pool. Yeah, they were within their rights. <laughs> but anyways, it, it kills some time in the episode. Kills some time. He gets into the pool. He dresses as the least convincing maintenance man who starts cleaning the pool. As they are swimming in it, and he starts like he, he actually like hits one of the women with the uh, with, with he's the, got like a the stick skimmer. with a skimmer on it, and he's just like they're swimming, and he's like hitting them with it. I'm like, no one believes you're a maintenance man. Here's something else we learned about him: he loves dressing up as like blue collar workers. He's been someone working. Oh, that's on, true. He's been um, now a guy cleaning a pool. He's been a delivery guy, and he's also been a guy working at an airport. He loves to impersonate a job. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, he uh, finally corners uh, Amy and is just like, hey, you want to come in, get your brain scrambled so we can get it up before the, uh, if you don't do it, if you don't let us poke around your brain with drugs, an enemy government will. So you might as well do it for America. Yeah. And she's like, uh, no, I'm going to Dallas to be in the Pan Am Games and I have a night train to catch. Yeah. So she's not interested at all. And so you see what the conflict's now going to be. He's going to keep trying to convince her before the other guys get to her. And she has no interest in, yeah. in helping. He heads to the train station. He has to sneak onto the sold out night train to Dallas. Um, you know, invisible is his way on. He's going to have to convince her by the time the train gets to Phoenix to get off. What a weird deadline. As he gets on and walks, walks through the car. The two bad guy secret agents see him, immediately recognize Sam, and they're like, oh, hey, it's Sam Casey from Intersect. Uh, you want to kill him? Yeah, let's do that. Let's kill yeah. him. Um, and more interesting, I don't know if it's in this scene or it's already passed, but uh, did you catch what Leonard called Sam? He's, I think he's, he's on the phone or he's complaining to Abby about that they're sending him. And he goes, Ugh, we've had to send surfboard Sam. Oh, I did hear that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? A, I'm like, that's not a, a Leonard positive doesn't like him, right? He doesn't that's like what's him. happening here. Yeah. Uh, it's not a good nickname. Sam tracks down Amy on the on the bar car on the train and gets very aggressive with her. Mm-hmm. I believe at some point he says, "I'll drag your waterlogged body off the train." <laughs> and when she protests, he's like, "Shut up!" <laughs> I was just like, "How are you convincing anyone of anything here?" But more importantly, while he's accosting her, there's a blind woman, Mrs. Price, who's mm-hmm. on, and you know this is going to be a plot point. So, because you know right away there's something you're like, well, you'd think it's going to be a <laughs> well, well, it sort of is. But she's there and she uh, and she's reading Agatha Christie. She loves the, Agatha Christie I was novels. just like, shoot me now. Well, you think that's an indication this is going to be a murder mystery or some sort yeah, of train? and it's, it's not. not. It's not. Because you know what it is? Someone's, someone who wrote this went, hey, Agatha Christie, she wrote like a... a she's thing. a thing on a train, right? A train, right? right? Yeah, we'll do a thing on a train, just like Agatha Christie. It's like, no, no, no. It's like, I've done it. It's already written. It, Surfboard know. Sam. <laughs> it was wild. It was like the implication of like, this is going to be a mystery. It's like, but it's, it's not. No. And like, she'll touch Sam's face. Like, oh, you seem like a kind man having a fight. And like, he can be invisible while he talks to her because she doesn't know the difference kind of yeah. thing. Because basically, Amy's just like, I'm still not coming with you. I'm leaving. She walks off, and her swim team's there. And they're like, who's that hot guy you're talking to? Yeah, the one the one person on the swim team loves Sam so much. Like, her only thing she ever says, this poor actress, is like, he's so hot. I can't believe you left him. Like, I'd love to be whatever. What do you think that actress is up to now? <laughs> Probably not much. It's Kim Basinger. No, it's not. It's Kim Basinger. That actress no, is Kim Basinger. No, it's not. It is. That is her first TV role. I did not recognize her at all. Wow, when I said she wasn't going to be up to much, she was up to much, much more than poor Sam Casey. Yeah, this was her first wow. TV role. Wow. That's a bad role. It is a bad role, but I was just like, I, I saw it in the credits and I was watching it. I was like, I did not. Wow. I never would have noticed it. So we've seen her first role, and, we, and in another thing, we saw our Kirstie Alley's first role. That's true. <laughs> and a quirk. But yes, it, it's this whole setup with like, the swim team and this blind lady who likes Sam. Sam sneaks back to find the women's swim team sleeping car and like a voyeur stares through the window as they get ready for bed. Yeah. And then once they all get into bed, he doesn't go invisible. He just walks into the room and is forcibly ejected, uh, ejected from the cart by all the women. Yeah. Because why would you walk into some unannounced? Yeah. For whatever reason, Amy agrees to talk to him again. She decides on a compromise with him and she's like, why don't you guard me? from the baggage car if you insist on being here yeah sam goes into the baggage car while he's talking to a dog a bad guy's in lucky there. lucky the lucky dog. the dog a bad guy's in there trying to put a homing device in her bag or something yeah and he starts he sees sam he picks up 
a real big box. <laughs> it's a big crate. And sneaks up, tiptoes up behind yeah. Sam. Like he's Wiley Coyote. And he's about to smash him in the head with this with this box. And at the last second, Sam turns around and sees him and turns invisible. I know. I know he, what you're going to say. He throws the box down. Sam doesn't move. And then he appears somewhere else. I'm like, but we didn't see him move. Like, he got hit by that box. Yeah, I know, because it was like, it was almost as if they were telling us, oh, when he's invisible, you also can't. He's in, he's in the material world cannot touch him. <laughs> yeah, but, but no, it's just a bad, a bad shot. <sighs> but yeah, so he gets to beat this guy up. What I like, though, is that he lets the dog out of the cage. So he can put the guy in the kennel. I was like, but that was a small cage. I'm assuming... We, the scene we didn't see was Sam cutting the body up and just putting, putting it in the cage. Also, uh, now that the dog is loose from his kennel, he is now a character in the show. <laughs> yeah. Lucky the dog has now joined the television program. Yeah, they, Poor Abby and Leonard are always stuck at the office, but they've added a new character. And the character is a dog who, for all intents and purposes, is Lassie. Yeah. Well, and so Sam now knows, all right, there are bad guys on the train. They're out to get her. He uses his invisibility to sneak back onto the women's sleeper car. Abby is not currently in her bunk. So he climbs inside the bunk to wait for her. And when she climbs into the bunk, he grabs her by the mouth from behind and says, don't scream. Yeah. And she's not as scared as she should be. What's so funny is she's not as scared as she should be. And you think it's because she got, saw his face. She didn't. Because she turns around. She's like, oh, it's you. It's just like, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Anyway, it's insane. Basically, he just like tells her there are bad guys on the train. I just saw them. She's like, all right, fine. We'll get off oh, in Phoenix. Well, what it is, and I didn't quite catch this, Luke. Can explain this to me. What he really uses to convince her is he shows her her alarm clock. Oh, yeah. And he goes, look, here's the alarm clock. And to prove to you there's guys after you, they like monkeyed with it. But what did they do? I didn't understand what was what had happened to the alarm clock. The alarm clock has another gas bomb put in it. So oh. when it's going to go off, it's going to knock her out. I guess they're going to steal but it's, it. It's weird because they show you the clock, but like it doesn't show you anything. I'm like, okay, fine. I know, it's, it's evocative a clock. of nothing. So it's just like, oh, look, he's like, look at that. And she's like, yeah, okay. Anyways, that, so that convinces it, her. It's just forcing this plot forward. They sneak out of the car. Amy and Sam, they go back to the bar car. Sam now spots another bad guy. And because the bad guys have the same fashion sense, Sam realizes that's that. how he pieces it together. Yeah, he he goes that way to uh, watch out. That guy's bad, and she goes how, and he goes they got the same fashion sense. And I was like, but it's not even like they're both wearing like ne suit. neon just suits or that. Suit. I'm like everyone's wearing suits. There's nothing. And again, they didn't take any time to make these guys look interesting in any way. It's not like they both look shady and they're wearing like dark fedoras over their face or something. And they're like, oh, they look spooky. It's like, no. You, just, the audience, can't tell who's an extra and who's yeah. the bad guy. Yeah. And again, they're the most boring looking people. But anyways, Sam comes up with a new plan now. The plan is, let's get off in Desert Palm, the next stop. I will punch the bad guy in the face, and we'll get back on the train. <laughs> yeah, that is his plan. And he's just like, well, we wait, though. How would you like an orange juice from the bar? It was so weird. Why was it orange juice? I don't know. So, yeah, he orders. He goes up to, I think the guy's name's Stuart. Oh, I think he's a steward. Oh, steward. <laughs> That's how dumb I am. Um, anyways, he, uh, he they ask for two glasses of orange juice. They sit down. But what they don't see is the guy's also a bad guy the, for some reason. The bartender's also in on it. And he's slipping a Mickey into the two orange yeah. juices. So they sit down. Uh, she, which makes no sense. She's just like, she said, yeah, she'll have an orange juice. Then she's like, I actually don't want it at all. And Sam's like, but I love orange juice. And he just like downs it. I like it. She's like, I'm too nervous to drink anything. And Sam's like, you're lost. And he chugs the whole orange juice. And he's like, all right, let's go on our way. And so they leave. Yeah, like time to do the plan in Desert Palm. We'll get off. I'll punch the bad guy in the face. We'll get back on the train. Sam passes out. The second they get off the train, he passes out. The guy comes in and is like, hey, and he tries to fight the guy, but he... he yeah, he just not, can't stand. So he just falls and passes. But then it, it, what it looks like is the guy rolls him onto the tracks, didn't he? That's what it seems like. It seems like yeah. he rolls the unconscious Sam under the train onto the tracks. And then Amy meets the dog. They disappear. We don't know what happens to them. And I was so confused by this because Sam seems to be unconscious and then seems to be like get up. Like there's this moment where he's like, oh, I'm, I'm a bit better. I'm getting up now. Let me turn myself invisible. And yeah. then he goes invisible, and I'm like, oh, so he's fine. He's getting back on the train now. But this is where the old blonde lady comes back in. And she apparently he has woken up long enough to become invisible and then passed back out under the train tracks. Yeah, but we don't see any of this. So it's just, it seems like a weird edit. But she, she trips over his invisible body, reaches down, recognizes the feel of his face. Yeah. And one of the stewards on the actual train is like, hey, Where's that old lady who's usually on the train? She's not yeah. here. So he comes off to try to find her. And while she's just like manhandling, I guess, uh, Invisible Sam. She's like, well, no, she's looking I for better his check pulse. his pulse. Yeah. And while she's doing that, she accidentally turns his watch back on. So now he's visible. 
So the steward like comes out, finds her, is like, oh, who's this unconscious man? Let's help him onto the train. Yeah. And it's so, this whole part's insane. They like help him back on the train. The train leaves Desert Palms. He's in the bar car. She's using smelling salts on him to get him to wake up. He wakes up, looks over, sees his orange juices, and he's just like, oh no, the orange juice was poison, and that's why I passed out. Kim Basinger comes into the bar car and says, Amy's missing. And he's like, oh no. He stands up, pulls the emergency brake on the train. The train doesn't stop. Yeah. He jumps off the side of the moving train and is knocked unconscious in a ditch. I know. I know. It all happens really it's fast. So It happens so fast. I was like, what, what is this? What is happening? And he's unconscious until the morning. Hours pass. And the dog finds him in the ditch and wakes him up and then says, the dog's basically like, parts barking at him. He's like, what is it, Lassie? Is Timmy in the well? And he just follows yeah. the dog. Yeah, it li- he literally, the dog starts barking and he goes, you know where Amy is? And the dog keeps barking. And he goes, let's go find her. And they run up a hill. And what I like though is, so you get a couple scenes. They don't really matter. He's he finds he sees a farmer with a horse. He steals the horse. Then he's a little well, that, gets going a little I mean, faster. There's is, no reason it for it. It's crazy. He steals a man's horse. Yeah. He's like he's like time to use my invisibility to steal this man's horse. I'm like what? But what you realize is they've created all these obstacles of he's been knocked out for hours and hours, which he didn't have to be. So what they have to do now because that's stupid is they have to have the bad guys not be so far away. So because again they've made him be knocked out for hours, which he didn't have to. So. The next time you see the bad guys, their car has broken down. And they have to have a line of like, this car is a piece of junk. He's like, well, it's the quickest I could get in the time we had. And it's like, what? Yeah. And it's all just so so basically. So Sam can catch up to them. Sam can catch up to them for the least interesting end to an episode that you could have. Well, that's it. He He's riding up on his horse. He sees them in their broken down car. He's like, well, I got to save her. And he looks at his watch. He's just like, well, only got 18 seconds of invisibility left today. And I'm just like, but it's been a. You slept for like six hours. I'm sure you're back up, but whatever. Like yeah. his watch has 18 seconds. He's like, it's going to have to be enough. I'll go invisible. I'll ride over there. I'll grab her. We'll ride off. It'll be perfect. They won't know. They'll just think a horse is coming. And of course I timed it. Yeah, I did too. He's invisible for easily 35 seconds. Yeah, I agree. I know. I, once I got to 30, I was like, oh, well, this is stupid now. Because I thought they'd at least like cut it in a way that it seemed like it happened really fast. But I'm like, no, you just see the horse riding over. They go to so much trouble to be like, I only have 18 seconds. Yeah. And they're like very leisurely bring yeah. him over. <laughs> anyway, he scoops her up. They ride away. There's like a horse Jeep chase. Sam flags down a cop that's driving by. And then as the Jeep pulls up, the cops arrest the bad guys. Yeah. It was a real just, uh, yeah, it's ended. It's over. And then Sam calls intersects like, I got her. And she's agrees to come in and have you mess with her brain. And they're like, great work. Uh, but she's going to come. After she finishes the Pan Am Games. I'm yeah. like, was this... Do you think this was a lead up? Like, this was some sort of, like, <laughs> Pan Am yeah. promotion? <laughs> yeah, maybe. they kept mentioning the Pan Am Games. <laughs> oh, my God. It was such a bad episode. It was It was my least favorite episode. Well, you want to you wanna hear some trivia about the episode? Oh, please. Do you know who wrote this episode? Kim Basinger. <laughs> Stephen E. DeSouza. Who's that? Better known as the writer of Die Hard, Commando, 48 Hours, Judge Dredd. Really? He wrote the original Die Hard. Wow. You could never tell from no, this episode. No, I couldn't. Just like the um the guy who uh the showrunner of this wrote Star Trek two, three, four, and five. It is very funny. I was just like I had seen that before I watched the episode. I'm like, well, this should be interesting anyway. And I was like, what is this? He yeah. must have been like asleep when he wrote it. Or he was like ten years old. Maybe, maybe <laughs> that's what it is. Uh, yeah, I mean, wow. What a two episodes of this. What show. a two episodes. Well, so let's go into it. Now, we know that we right now are at a five. So we are on yeah, a dangerous, it, dangerous precipice of falling over into the into the uh, escape pod at any moment. And this is something, and we'll mention it now because I think we haven't been doing it much uh, lately because we just do it so often now. The escape pod is our way out of the show. If our overall ratings fall below a five, we will then uh, abandon a show. We won't finish the entire program. So we're basically at a point where because it's right at the five line, it has to be very careful not to fall below five or we are definitely escape potting this show. Mm. So that really sets the stakes for yeah. Gemini. The stakes are as high on this as it is on the show. So I'm going to... You'll I, never guess which way it goes. I'll tell you. For the, the first episode, Sam Casey, Sam Casey, it was a fun, dumb episode. I agree. Originally, I was going to give this a seven out of 10, which is my... Because I think it was my favorite episode. But as we started talking about it and the more, <laughs> the more I thought about it, I'm like, this is really dumb. I'm going to knock it down to a six. Six, eh? Yeah. All right. Well, here's what I would say about it is there is fun to be had in it, 
but it's too few and far between. Like, I would actually just think it, I feel like I want to move it up to a six, but it didn't quite get that. I, I think it's just a five for me. I think it's yeah, like okay. a straight ahead five. Doesn't it seem, though, that they are writing the show and they don't know, like, it's not that they don't know what's fun, but they don't ever want to spend time on that because they want to get back to the plot that seems so inconsequential anyway. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it'd be one of those things where if there was so many just fun scenes and silly things that distracted you, you wouldn't really care what the plot is anyways, but they're always like, okay, I know that was fun. Let's get back to this plot that makes no sense. Yeah, I would say that for sure in Sam Casey, Sam Casey, its biggest benefit and problem was like, there were many ideas that could have been fun, but they spent bed through them all so quickly that it was yeah. just like there's an imposter oh that's over now sam's gonna be an imposter oh that's over like it just went it was like yeah. so like they didn't commit to one they just kind of tried to do it all but in the least amount of time uh, yeah, yeah so it didn't really i think that was his biggest sin all right what about night train to dallas my least favorite episode the only thing that i think uh could save it is that the dog becomes a character Lucky stays on the show. I don't think it will, but I'm going to give this one a four to 10. It could even go lower if I think about it too much more, but I did not enjoy watching this one. I definitely did not enjoy this one for sure. I think I liked the trucker one more and I only gave that a two. (laughs) Really? Uh, And I didn't like that very much, but that was a better episode overall. There are a couple fun bits in this. Like just, yeah, I think of a show that is a bit of a mess. This one is, does everything the show does wrong this episode has it like if you were like hey do you want to know what this show why the show didn't make it watch this episode on the train yeah this is this is the one that's gonna blow it all um i i'm gonna give it uh just because i don't want to i want to give that trucker one the respect it deserves (laughs) i'm gonna give this a (laughs) 1.5 oh brutal oh so i don't know i don't know luke well let's fire up the computer and find out find out if this escape pod's uh firing up hold on hold on (laughs) gotta blow the dust off it All right, Jordan, the numbers are in. Currently, Gemini Man is uh, rocking a 4.65. Oh, that's it. We're going. So uh, load into that escape pod. And as is tradition, uh, one final episode climbs into the escape pod with us to uh, give us that finale we all love. I don't know what our last episode is, but I'm really hoping that, that there was some major retooling that happens between now and the last episode. We're going to be like, who are these people? What's these characters? Well, not to, not to tip our hands at all, but I will give you a little bit of hope Yeah, coming for you is the final episode of this series has the highest IMDb rating. Really? Of any of the other episodes. So there's a small chance we get a little treat at the end. You've been a little harder on this show than I have, but I am liking it less and less every week. I think almost in terms of a cumulative uh, suffering of watching it it just is not getting any better so i'm hoping that last episode really is because these these last couple episodes man it's getting weak yeah it's i mean it's not a great show no it's not <laughs> it has been a consistent disappointment yeah but kim basinger that's something hey that'll be a gif we should have put her in the recast <laughs> she's back yeah she's back she plays driscoll <laughs> that'd be all right actually yeah. it's not a bad choice all right well that about wraps it up for the uh, for this episode of this episode of the podcast. You can email us uh, at continuumdrag at gmail.com if you have any thoughts on Gemini Man. And uh, in the meantime, over the course of the week, we'll be putting up a variety of little videos from mm-hmm. these episodes. I think you know we'll probably find a Kim Basinger photo or some sort mm-hmm. of image of her in there because it's worth it's worth seeing her in a first role. And what else was good in these episodes? I don't know. People stealing keys and dogs barking. There's not a lot. Well, we'll figure something out. We'll find out. something. We'll figure something out. <laughs> something to look forward to. Yeah, I really sold it. Anyway, listener, thank you for joining us on this uh, journey into Gemini Man. And Jordan, see you next week. I'll see you for the last one. Continuum Drag is recorded in Toronto, Ontario. Theme music by James Rick Siedler. Produced by Jordan Delick and Luke Black. Special thanks to Aaron Younes, Adam Wheatner, Jeff Hanley, Jane McRae, and Stephen Packard. <laughs>